The Tablet Show, episode 28, with guest Peter Kuhn. Recorded live Saturday, April 7th, 2012. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Peter Kuhn about what Silverlight developers need to know about building applications in XNA on Windows Phone 7. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much. It's Carl and Richard, and we're here for The Tablet Show, the other show... Yeah. What's up, yeah. Richard? I am uh, gearing up for Vancouver Tech Fest. Yeah. So uh, every so often we get to do, we're some, doing something vaguely code campy here in Vancouver, which doesn't seem to happen very often. But uh, our friend Rob Cartier and Medhat Elmasari have been working really hard, and they got Scott Guthrie to come up and do the keynote. How cool is that? Yeah. So it's going to be a crazy day. It's April 28th. And if you'd like to come, it's at VancouverTechFest.com. Fabulous. Hey, let's jump right into Better Noah. Better Noah blog post. Oh, your blog post today. It. Yeah, it's a blog post. We'll play that funky music. Here it goes. All right. Well, anybody who's done any work with data vi- virtualization knows that a couple of things change. Well, one in particular. Mm-hmm. There was an, uh, an interface called iObservable Vector of T. Right that allows a Metro app to automatically update data-bound XAML controls as the underlying data source changes. Okay. And that was completely done away with in the consumer preview. Dun, dun, dun. But another totally superior interface, well, not superior, but completely compatible interface, has popped up. Okay. I support placeholder. And there's a great blog post talking about this in the history uh, by Andy Wilkinson. Hmm. And if you go to tinyurl.com slash iVirtualizingVector, iVirtualizingVector, you will find his blog post, his blog, Andy on WPF, Windows 8, and beyond. Uh, it's a very well-written article, very clear to understand with nice, colorful pictures and everything. It does feel like they're they're fiddling around right now. They're just trying to figure out how to do this the right way. Actually, I think it's really solid. I think yeah. that there's just a couple of little things that they they had to 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 change, and quite frankly, I expected a lot more change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty solid. And I and I wonder if they stayed away from the word beta in the consumer preview because there are some things they're going to add. Yeah, I mean, they were quick to get it out the door. Let's face it; they had mm-hmm. something that worked and something that was pretty pretty close to done in terms of its interfaces and you know its API. But, uh, yeah, you know, it happens. And that's the way development should be. You should, yep. start with, you should start with your best guess as to how things work out. And as things change, you refactor and move on. Right. You learn more about what people want to do. Exactly. That's good. Well, that's awesome. I like this post. Yeah, it's good. Who's talking to us, Richard? I grabbed an email from last week's show, this Tablet 27 show, which was the one we did with Steve Souders on performance. And this email is from Kletz Leite Souza, who is from Brazil, from Sao Paulo. Yeah. And he says, hi, guys. I've been following .NET Rocks for a few years now in the tablet show since the beginning, and I'm loving it. Awesome. 
I just listened to Tablet Show 27 with Steve Souders, and even though I agree with what is said regarding optimization of images not currently being a feature of web servers like IIS, I must say that it is not a difficult task to accomplish, as I was able to create an HTTP handler for ASP.NET back in early 2008 that does just that and abstracts the hard part of optimizing and resizing images in a simple way. The handle you created is on CodePlex. It's at cnzklibrary.codeplex.com, and I'll put that link in the show notes. And he still uses it to this day. It works just fine with MVC projects. All you got to do is stick the DLL in your bin folder and register it as a default handler in webconfig. Those are pretty normal steps. And then instead of referencing the images directly, you just append a suffix to the image URL to describe the size you want, and the handler does the resizing on the fly for mm. you. It maintains abstract ratio, deals with missing images, deals with caching. But more importantly, because it's published on CodePlex, all the code's there. So if you've never played with building a handler to do this, you could add all kinds of features to it. And just take a look at what Clefs uh, has done here. It's, it's really quite clever. He does say that uh, it, he's never had any performance issues, but he's never stressed it that highly. And he is going to deploy it on a NuGet really soon. So, yeah. Uh, Great. I'll add the link in here to cnzklibrary.coplex.com. If you're dealing with images, this is another approach. Rather than doing all the sizing yourself like we were talking about with Steve, you could use a tool and have the tool take care of it for you. And by the way, uh, if you listen to our sister podcast, Hansel Minutes, from last Friday, from just Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. uh, Scott talked to Nathaniel Jones, who, who talked about the good and bad about manipulating images in .NET. And the, he basically has a great, uh, some great insight on image resizing and scaling with ASP.NET, um, in, including uh, pitfalls and disposing and memory management. It's, uh, it's, it was a great show. So check that out also. Awesome. So lots of good stuff to look in there. And uh, Kleps, thanks so much for your email. A very rare and precious tablet show mug. It's on its way down to you in Brazil. And if you'd like one, just send us an email at .net rocks at franklins.net. And, uh, you know, as we're looking at the, the, the Twitter feed here, uh, I just happened to notice that Conan O'Brien says, tax question, is it technically considered cheating if you claim your 5.4 million Twitter followers as dependents? Nice. I'm, I'm thinking... Thinking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, that's fun. It's, Dude, buddy. We have too much fun here, Richard. Yeah. All right, it's a great pleasure to welcome to our universe Peter Kuhn. Peter works as senior consultant and architect for Applied Information Technologies in Germany, where he also leads the Azure department. He's been a fan of .NET since day one and also enjoyed working with Silverlight in the past years. <laughs> what are you saying there, Peter? <laughs> I don't know what he's implying. <laughs> back in the days of Silverline. I remember I back remember when. That. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. At night, he spends too much time with Windows Phone and several pet projects around it. You may know him as Mr. Good Cat from articles, webinars, or various online community platforms. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hi, uh, great to be here. Great to have you. So, Windows. <laughs> I'm sorry for that uh, just outburst of laughter there, but uh, you know, everybody just seems to say think that uh, yeah, back in the day of Silverlight, and I yeah. still find myself writing lots of great stuff in Silverlight. Well, anyway, 
Tell us about your latest projects. You've been doing a lot of Windows Phone things. What are your, first of all, do you have a, a Lumia 900 yet? Um, the Lumia 900 is not available in Germany, but oh, I have a, a Lumia 800. And with the recent update that I have just received yesterday, I think um, the battery issue that the Lumia had is finally fixed. And now I'm a very, very happy uh, Lumia owner. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Richard, you have one of those, right? I have an 800 as well, yeah. But I don't think I've gotten my patch yet, but I've just been really diligent at keeping the phone plugged in. But I think that's true of all smartphones these yeah. days. If you don't keep them plugged in, they don't last. I'm going to get my, mm. my uh, 900 today. You're crossing over, huh? No, no, I'm keeping my iPhone. I'm get, okay. I'm opening up another, another account, basically, on a separate line. You're going to dual phone it. I am. You know, I got to tell you this, and I'm sorry for the digression. Everybody I met in Hong Kong when I was there for Tech Days has at least two phones. Most cabbies, four phones. Hmm. And it's hmm. just because they don't have this whole lock-in model that, that is so prevalent in North America and yeah. the U.S. and Canada, where people just get phones with different SIMs in them for different rates for different things. Hmm. You know, I, I asked this cabbie why he had four phones. And he's like, well, I take calls on this one from China. I take calls from this one on Hong Kong. Yeah. And I make calls on this one in Hong Kong. You know, they, that was just, it was simpler. And they so they've got phones everywhere. And I, I got to think carriers, if they clued in, they'd have so many more accounts. I think they'd be making more money. I changed the channels on my TV with this one. No, wait a minute. <laughs> who, would, who would do that? <laughs> who would do that? Who, who, would, do you, who would use their phone as a remote control? Peter, do you have any idea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about I, your... P-A-A-R-C application. Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my projects, actually. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if anybody uses the library in the live project. Um, <laughs> I do, but uh, I haven't heard of any other projects using it um, at the moment. The last time I used a device like that as remote control was a Compaq iPack. Wow. Remember those? That is old school. I-P-A-Q. I think that was the name of it. That's really the, the beginning of the PIM, right? That, yeah, the Personal Information Manager. And it, it had this thing that you basically just, um, I, I can't remember how you did it. You you basically held it to your TV and then had some little exchange and conversation and all of a sudden it knew how to turn it on and off. Hmm. Is that Does yours do something like that? Does it, tr does it train itself? Uh, no. It's actually a pretty low-level library that... Um, gives you all the freedom to do whatever you want to do. You um, only get the basic uh, mechanism to connect the phone to any uh, remote application that runs um, <clears throat> that runs a uh, .NET application. Okay. And it manages all the commands uh, to to control what what input you want to receive from the phone, like touch input or um, input from sensors, and Whatever you want to do with that data that comes from the phone is up to you. I see. So you really have to have some sort of remote um, device already in place, and then you're just yes. manipulating it. Yeah. Yeah. 
you get both parts. You get the library on the phone that manages the connection of the discovery of, of uh, a counterpart on the desktop. And you also get the desktop library that um, handles the connection from the phone and reads all the, the data from the phone. But on top, on top of that, you have to build both your um, desktop, desktop application as well as the phone client, right. the phone application. Right. That's cool. So you can essentially just say this button opens Internet Explorer. This button pulls up my email. This button, you know, Skypes yeah. my mother, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. That's cool. So, well, tell us in general about um, your obsession with Windows Phone programming. This happens after the sun goes down. What um, what kinds of things are you are you learning and in, and in, uh, in doing? I'm uh, really a big fan of the platform, and since I first saw it, I was convinced that this is a, a really great approach and a, a great platform to work with. And at the moment, I think the platform is still small enough to uh, know all the, the details of it, more or less. And so I'm trying to, to keep up with everything new that comes um, and that is added to the SDK. And I'm really trying to look at all the uh, individual details and things you can do with it. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm working on some um, open source projects and I I do reviews for, and that's a, a little known fact, I do reviews for people who are interested in uh, reviews for their phone apps or phone games, uh, mostly because it's a nice uh, thing to do to learn about how others um, do things on the phone or what ideas other others try to try, uh, try to achieve on the phone. And you also do some training videos as well about walking through the creation of an application and that kind of thing. Yes, um, that's that's a project I took when I when I learned about certain uh, features of the platform myself. I simply. Um, yeah, I simply created the accompanying videos and decided to make them available for everybody for free. And the output of that tutorial, the application, which is a small game, is also available on the marketplace for free. So I thought that's that's a really nice way to learn about the platform and uh, to learn about developing for the platform to to actually walk through the creation of a whole real world application. Uh, that is also available for download from the marketplace. That seems to me to be a very valuable thing, no matter what platform you're on. I mean, this is one of the things when when .NET was becoming very popular and people were still scratching their heads over it, they were always looking for that reference architecture application that they could walk through from start to finish that would, you know, impose good practices and uh, and and show them how how things are done. Here are the problems. This is how we solve it. Um, just all in one place. That's that seems to me to be a, a very very valuable thing. Mm -hmm. How about Metro? Have you gotten into that at all, or are you still waiting for something uh, to ship? I have uh, installed both the developer and the, the latest preview and uh, played around with um, the tools a bit, but I have not yet created a real project or a real application for it. So I would consider myself as a yeah, a beginner Still without much knowledge. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So I got to ask you about this whole idea of migrating Silverlight apps to XNA on WinPhone 7. 
This uh, this sounds. I thought they had nothing to do with each other, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's um, if the idea is to migrate existing Silverlight apps to XNA, but uh, maybe to uh, learn about XNA for future projects when okay. you realize that Silverlight. Um, as a as a uh, runtime and platform is not sufficient for for the things you want to do. And are we really just talking about games, or there are other kinds of apps that are better served by XNA? Um, in theory, you could um, do any kind of uh, application in XNA, but I think I I have not I have not seen uh, other applications um, or applications others uh, like than than games. So that is the main thing. It's just to, if you want to write a game, you need to be a little more low level. But they're so both C sharp, right? Okay, so yes. we need, give me an overview here. What's the big difference between working in Silverlight working in XNA? Oh, there are <laughs> quite a quite a few differences. Um, um, I have I have also done trainings uh, for for XNA for small groups of developers, mm-hmm. um, beginners who had no experience with XNA or. Uh, even game pro- game programming in general. So, uh, I think the 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 most uh, important thing and the the biggest issue everybody runs into at first is that they are not prepared for how low level XNA actually is when you compare it to to Silverlight. Uh, okay. Mm. And so, what's low level? The way you draw on the screen, or you know how you communicate with devices? Like, what hits you? Yeah, um, for example, drawing on the screen. Yes, um, in in Silverlight, when you come from Silverlight, you're used to the concept of um, having a, a visual tree where you just uh, add existing controls and maybe use uh, themes and styles to to change the look of these already existing controls. You are used to um, having an animation system that you can feed uh, um, a nice animation. Animations into by simply setting some property values, right? And you have uh, this powerful layout engine that um, provides some containers that do all the layouting of controls and content on the screen for you. And in XNA, of course, the story is uh, completely different. You start from scratch. You have nothing. You have you have no controls. You have no layout engine. No animation system. You have basically you have to do all these. You have to do all these uh, things uh, manually from scratch, uh, frame by frame. Kind mm-hmm. of reminded me when I saw it of DOS programming. <laughs> 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 you know, doing graphics in DOS, just, just sort of, you know. Draw draw primitives, uh, right. and that's it. And you have to take care of everything. But yeah. that said, XNA also has great mechanisms for taking textures and creating objects that you can then move around and apply physics engines to. So it's mm-hmm. a combination, right, of of low level stuff and then higher level things that come from a you know moving stuff around perspective. Yes. Um, of course, XNA also has these possibilities that you don't have in Silverlight or that Silverlight is not suitable for because uh, it would be too much overhead or the p- performance would be, wouldn't be sufficient for it. So, of course, there are also very good reasons to move to XNA uh, with your game programming. Can you make XNA and Silverlight play together? Does it make sense to do that? 
Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the greatest features, I think, for game programmers that came with the Mango update for Windows Phone. Um, people all always complained about the lack of uh, features in XNA when it comes to UI um, elements to to because making really uh, uh, simple screens like high score lists or menus is um, very difficult to do in XNA mm -hmm. due to the fact I just mentioned that you don't have controls or layout uh, containers and so the idea of com combining Silverlight and XNA in one single application to let Silverlight do all this UI stuff where where Silverlight really shines uh, was was an idea that was born really early on. But uh, in the first version of Windows Phone, the certification requirements um, forbid that you do that. And with the Mango release, they added the the feature to combine XNA and Silverlight in a single application. Mm -hmm. So basically, you start with a Silverlight application, and you can switch to a shared graphics mode where you can also render XNA content, and then you have all the Silverlight power for uh, those those um, menu screens and high score lists and also other other features of Silverlight that you can use in conjunction with the power of XNA. Right. I mean, what's the big thing you're getting from XNA? Is it really just being able to draw on the screen quickly? Is there other features that are key in XNA? Of course, uh, one of the uh, most important features is uh, 3D support. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to, if you want to do anything uh, in 3D, uh, there's almost no way around XNA because it, it basically um, is direct 3D and has all the 3D support built in and Silverlight has no support for that built in. Right. So that's one of the main um, features uh, you want to, that, that may want you to switch to, to XNA. And there are other minor, minor details. Of course, the performance, like you said, because XNA um, is makes, makes a heavy use of the GPU where Silverlight performs certain things on the cpu so when it comes to to games that really require all the the power of the limited platform that devices are you're better off with xna and you have you have more control about things like effects you have you have the built-in shader support mm -hmm. You, you you can you can work with render states in in XNA you have advanced audio features that are not available in Silverlight so there there are more reasons um, to use XNA when when your game programming becomes more professional or more demanding this portion of the tablet show is brought to you by our good friends at Telerik hey can you ever have too many free tools to complement your development skills I didn't think so. So our friends at Telerik are giving you now more than 30 free products for application development, automated testing, agile project management, and content management. And we're talking free-free. Not a trial, not a demo, but free, complete products supported by a community of over 440,000 developers at Telerik Forums. From free ASP.NET AJAX, ASP.NET MVC, and Silverlight controls, to the free ORM solution and automated testing framework, to free agile management tools and content management systems, 
All of these and more are available to you for immediate download at Telerik.com slash free stuff. Most of the free products can be used for commercial purposes and give you access to supplemental support resources such as documentation and forms. Go to Telerik.com slash free stuff now and take full advantage of the available free of charge products. And don't forget to thank them for supporting the tablet show. Do you have you done any Java programming, Peter? Uh, very little. I, I have learned Java um, years ago, and I have I have not done any Java programming in the last years. Yeah, I I think one of the th- the problems that pe- people have when they come to XNA from other languages is things like you know modal dialogues. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Something that seems so simple, you know. Now you've got to create a loop, but the loop has to you know, not only sleep, but it has to allow things to happen. And yeah. Yes, that's a very good point, because that is, um, especially for beginners that are not used to the concept of having a game loop that really only runs in very tiny increments. Uh, That's that's a a really tough one, because you have to rethink a lot of a lot of things that you would traditionally simply develop and, and program as sequential mm. um, piece of code, and all of a sudden th- this doesn't work anymore. You you have to you have to split this up into into tiny steps that you perform one after another, and yeah. that's that's really hard for beginners. A wizard kind of thing, mm. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, do async and await help you? In XNA programming, I have not, I have not uh, thought about that. To be honest, <laughs> I'm not even sure how you would do that because you're you're sort of like you say you're you have one loop. Do you ha- do you mm. even have asynchronicity when you're using XNA? Just because you have that central and, and main game loop that requires that different kind of thinking does not mean that you cannot. Um, kick off some asynchronous operation that runs in the background and once uh, the result is available you can uh, you can consume that and and yeah. uh, use that for for the the game mechanics um, you can you can do that and uh, I I would I would think that the asynchronous feature that is coming into the language will help you with that in XNA as well yeah. Yeah. That would kill a couple of the nights right there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. <laughs> yeah. And I think we were sort of talking around this, but I think the big thing with XNA programming is this idea of this owning the state loop. We just have lived without it. We've done the event based programming for so long. It's kind mm-hmm. of a shocker to be programming in C sharp and own a state loop. Yeah, but it's fun. it's control we get control you know we used to be surgeons we used to know exactly what to do we go in there we make the cut we sew it up we're done you know what i mean we have control over every step we're we've been psychologists for the longest time we have a conversation with the computer we make some suggestions we observe the behavior we add we apply some medication you know what I'm saying? And the, you, you know, having that loop is just like a control freak dream come true. Mm, right. Yes. Well, and I think you get back to the point about async and await are back to this whole idea of making suggestions to the system. Yeah, you know, that's you right. should go off and do this. And, and when you're done, let me know. That's right. 
Tell me what happens. Check in with me on Tuesday. I'll give you yeah. some more meds. Whenever you get around to it. <laughs> and XNA just seems much more literal. You'll be doing this now. That's right. I think um, for for older pro developers who are familiar with um, the, what's going on, on under the hood of, uh, for example, Win32 applications, this is not as big a uh, surprise as for developers who are who have never learned um, that kind of programming. Mm -hmm. Because if you, if you are familiar with developing Windows applications in C++, for example, you, you know that there's this uh, thing called message pump uh, that that resembles a bit the the idea of having a big loop that drives it all. But um, a lot of developers today have never learned about these yeah. these uh, things, and they have started with languages like Java or C, C Sharp, and they have no idea about um, these these details, these low level details. And for them, it's really hard to understand this concept and to to adapt and and to to step down from this uh, comfort experience that Silverlight offers. Um, and, and start programming in XNA. But you're still programming in C-sharp when you're in XNA. I mean, I think that's going to be part of the confusion, right? That the, the language follows us, but the infrastructure doesn't. Yes, right, yeah. yeah. Although, at the same time, that really excites me because I feel like we all like C-sharp. We're comfortable with the language, but we know our plumbing needs to change. I'm looking at where Windows 8's going, where the phone's going, like all these things sort of imply the underlying stuff needs to change, but we get to keep our language. Yes, right. And the and the the borders um, are even blurred more because um, sometimes you don't even see where where you cross the line between Silverlight and XNA. For example, um, there are certain helper classes uh, in the Silverlight uh, toolkit for Windows Phone that use XNA, but you never you never get to see that because you only have this public API and you use it. And um, you don't even realize that under the hood, you this library actually uses XNA. So the, the borders are really um, seamless between those two and um, because you are using the same language, right. um, you, you don't you don't see this this um, transition to, between between two technologies between two frameworks. Well, then I feel like you know talking about the interop story here. I would want to make my sort of host environment Silverlight and then call XNA within that. Is that even possible? Yes, that's that's the uh, approach that is taken with um, the hybrid. Mm -hmm. applications in in mango um, basically you have a, a civil light application and you have the option to use this thing called shared graphics device manager to switch switch on a, a shared uh, rendering mode and that allows you to uh, use xna um, content uh, on 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 the civil light page so basically what you're doing is you you create sort of a, a small XNA game within a single Silverlight page. You can do that on, on multiple pages, but that's basically what you do. You, uh, when the user navigates to a page, you start, you start up this XNA shared mode and you can do all the things that XNA allows you to do. And when the user leaves the page, you turn it off again and, um, then you're back in, in Silverlight. So you can't mix XAML and XNA on the same screen. 
but you can have one screen that's XAML and one screen that's XNA. That's the next level. You can you can mix Silverlight and, ah. and XAML content and XNA on the same screen um, using some helper mechanism that allows you to uh, render the Silverlight controls that you okay. have defined in XAML onto a texture. And the texture in turn then is used to to render the, the original Silverlight content um, onto the screen. Hmm. I don't know if I completely understand this. I would I would have thought there's like a, 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 a XAML control that says, let XNA live here. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's actually the other way around. You say okay. that you want to use XNA on a page and you have all the, the Silverlight content defined in XAML, but to make it visible... If you if you just run this page, you won't see any of the SAML content. So you have right. to act. You have to actively go, go ahead and use this um, uh, UI element renderer. It's it's called UI element renderer mm, to okay. render the Silverlight content into something that can be consumed by XNA. So if I want to mix uh, XAML and XNA together, XNA owns that screen, but now I have to run this UI rendering. Uh, function that's part of XNA to render the XAML pieces from Silverlight onto the onto that screen. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's I, mean, I think that's an interesting concept and sort of backwards the way I'd want to do it, but I see the how that would work, and then I can mm -hmm. do whatever XNA things I want to do from there. And I'm still I'm not even thinking about a game. I'm thinking about a business app where 3D matters. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly what that would be. If that would be, you know, maybe we're looking at a uh, a CAD model of something while we're walking through a, a, a building <laughs> and being able to explore it on this on that screen at the same time. It's, it's interesting to me, but I almost feel like games is a cop out. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe it's just me. I don't want to play games on my phone. Maybe I, I'm weird, but that it just doesn't do anything for me. The screen's too small. I understand that, and um, actually, I think that is what um, the Microsoft had in mind when they added this feature because um, you have two ways to to start with such a hybrid application you can uh, go into the the xna part of visual studio and you have this project template mm -hmm. that uh, that allows you to create this kind of application but another project template also is located in the silverlight part of um of the um, project template tree so I think it's perfectly valid to uh, to create a, a Silverlight application that makes use of this to um, add some rich, maybe three D content to just as a as a small part of uh, of the application. Yeah, and it, and then then it's really a, mostly a Silverlight app. It's sort of that stateless mindset, and you're just rendering those little bits where you want to go. As opposed to dealing with the true sort of game polling approach, mm -hmm. right? But game polling is faster. Um, the it it gives you more control, uh, right? I'm not sure if um, if there's really such a big performance difference, but mm. of course. Um, by by using this polling model, you have full control over when you want to query the input state and what you want to do with this right. with uh, this information. Whereas, if you use the the event mechanism, the events simply come in as they are produced, and you are forced forced to to consume them as as they come in. 
and I, and I, I what is it? That's uh, uh, Kate Gregory's line. It's your foot. <laughs> you know, if you own the the pipe like this, if you're running the game polling mode, you can screw it up pretty yes. badly. Go right ahead. <laughs> I'm just betting you can hang an app using XNA way better than you can hang it in Silverlight. Silverlight won't let you really hang things. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Hey, uh, Peter, we have a question from the Twitterverse. This one from uh, Nick Landry, who was on the show before. He says, if you could change or add one feature to the Lumia 800, what would it be? Hmm. I, um, I also have a um, Samsung Omnia 7. Mm-hmm. That was the, the first phone, the, the first Windows phone I bought. And if I could change one thing on the Lumia, I think it would be um, to have the, the bigger screen of the Samsung. <laughs> so make it a 900, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to trade it in for a 900. I just feel like yeah. the 900 is a bit too big. I quite like the size on the 800. Mm. Bigger is better. It fits in. It fits in. I, I can use it really easily one-handed. Thumb reaches across the whole screen. Yeah. But in the bigger mm-hmm. model, it's a little more challenging. I right. I, I like the 800 an awful lot, though. You know, that, that solid piece of polycarbonate, you've, I feel like I can kill a small animal with it. <laughs> you haven't? I haven't yet, no. <laughs> uh, but I've been tempted. But I've also got, I mean, like you, Peter, I've got another wind phone. I have the, the Samsung Focus. And that mm-hmm. was much more a normal smartphone it's plastic it if you twist it it sort of creaks the cover can pop off like it's it's much more normal phone where there's something so solid about that lumia design Mm. in exchange for not being able to change the battery do you um do you use the farseer physics engine um i have uh, played around with it multiple times but i have never used it in a real project no yeah I did a. I remember a DNR TV I did with Michael Cummings. Two of them shows 165 and 166 back in uh, February uh, of 2010, and he uh, basically created a game from scratch using XNA um, mm-hmm. in C sharp and was using the Farseer physics engine. And I was I was pretty amazed at how easy it was. You, you basically mm-hmm. can give objects certain weights and momentums and um, that kind of thing. Then you, you just fly them around and they bounce around and slow down and it's pretty cool. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Peter, what about what what about the upgrades that have happened to the phone? Has Mango really changed anything as far as working in XNA? Um, it hasn't changed uh, working with pure XNA, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I think the 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 major thing is this this possibility to have hybrid applications that we have oh, okay. talked about. That's really big for for XNA. Although I, I have to say that a, a lot of people haven't switched to using it. Um, I that that came as a surprise to me. Um, I would have expected that more developers made you make use of that, but um, those who are used to XNA haven't haven't done this step and haven't switched to hybrid applications. Um, apart from that, I think um, there's nothing that has changed XNA dramatically or improved XNA in a way that no, no, I don't think so. The, uh, there seems to be a lot of interest in inquiry um, out on the web from uh, developers on Windows Phone about advertising placement because this is obviously how you can get paid for developing code, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. developing apps. Is there any good place to, or any tips that you can 
talk to us about that or do you put ads inside your apps? Um, the, the apps I have worked on um, were mostly not my own, but um, projects that I have uh, contributed to. So the decision often was not up to me uh, whether I want to add ads or, or not have them. Um, in my uh, own apps, I usually, especially in the ones uh, that um, demonstrate my open source frameworks, I don't use ads. Yeah. But um, there's no problem with uh, having ads in, in your XNA game because uh, the, the SDK, the, the ad SDK supports XNA. There has been, there have been some issues with uh, the ad control after the release of Mango in these hybrid applications, but I think these have been resolved. So you can put ads um, into your games when you do them with XNA without any problems, I think. Um, I'm not sure about third-party controls because uh, I have done some investigation um, and looked at the controls by, uh, by Ad, AdMob and, and others um, a while ago, but I haven't uh, checked out whether uh, they recently added support for XNA or not, but I'm, but I'm, uh, but I know that the um, ad control of uh, that is provided by Microsoft uh, supports XNA out of the box. Because when you're drawing, I mean, when you're working in XNA, it's not like you have text boxes and things, right? Like you have to really draw your text yourself. Yes, that's uh, one of the details that that especially beginners are struggling with because. There's no real text rendering engine. Everything is bitmap bitmap based. Uh, you have to define the fonts and sizes and styles you want to use upfront, and then you you have to render all the all the text manually onto the mm. screen. So um, it it obviously works the same with with the ad controls. They simply render the content onto a texture, and you can use the texture then uh, within your XNA um, app to to bring the ad content uh, to the screen. Right. Yeah, so it's just interesting what's hard and what's easy when we start thinking about working in XNA. Stuff that is just absolutely trivial in Silverlight, like dropping a block of text on the screen, takes a lot more thought in XNA. Right. And it's even worse when you want to do it the other way around, when you want to collect user input, like like um, keyboard input from mm -hmm. the user, because there is no built-in um, text box control in XNA. Right. Uh, you usually would uh, use some helper classes that are built into the framework to bring up a uh, text input box. Yep, with some masking and, and input rules and all that stuff that's just you know, attributes to be set, and now you own it all. Yes. Yeah. You've got to collect the keystroke. You've got to figure out where to place it. You've got to then, you know, write your own of all those other features. Yeah. Now, suddenly the hybrid app just makes so much sense. Right, yes. Those simple things flip over to Silverlight and do it there, and for the specific things that are good in XNA for the video uh, manip the graphics manipulation, the audio manipulation, uh, that kind of granular control, you do it in XNA. Exactly, yeah. The nice thing about these hybrid apps is that um, the Silverlight content cannot only be embedded 
onto the the XNA surface and mm-hmm. um, passively being uh, d- d- displayed. But um, the user input also is routed to the Silverlight controls. So um, even even though you render these Silverlight controls onto a texture and use XNA to bring them onto the screen, the the uh, interaction with these controls still works. The user can still fully interact with all these controls as long as you uh, update the the changed visual state of the control uh, and and constantly re-render this updated state to the screen. The user is still able to uh, fully interact with these Silverlight controls in these uh, hybrid applications. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely seems to be the way to go. It's just people don't seem to know about it. So we better fill them in. Yeah, we better. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Well, Peter, uh, is there anything else that you want to share with us by before we uh, before we call it a show? Uh, well, maybe um, maybe uh, I want to add a, a few words on the future of XNA because uh, I've seen a lot of confusion going on with uh, whether XNA will be supported on the next version of Windows Phone or not, and yeah. Um, I'm afraid that people maybe turn away from from XNA f- for no reason. So maybe we can talk about that for a moment. For sure, sure. Go, for, go ahead. What is going to happen? Yeah. What do you think? Well, um, I think the the confusion started when when um, Microsoft um, said that XNA will not be an option to create Windows Phone Metro style apps. Right, right. And this uh, uh, launched a, a discussion. Um, uh, the, whether uh, Microsoft uh, wants to kill XNA and uh, XNA also won't be an option for creating games for, for Windows Phone for the next version of Windows Phone because presumably uh, the next version of Windows Phone will also have the Windows 8 kernel. So uh, people assume that uh, they won't be able to to create games with XNA in, in Windows Phone 8. Right. And of course, uh, a lot of people have done a lot of investment in XNA. They have learned the technology and have written their own tools and, and uh, games and they they do not want to lose that. And I think uh, I don't know what, what the future brings, obviously, but uh, I think if you listen to what some of the officials say and, and have said in the past, then it's clear that every application that is currently using XNA and runs on the current version of Windows Phone will be supported on the next iteration of the platform. So sure. that yeah. that is something that has been said multiple times by uh, different people like like Brandon Watson or even Steve Palmer. Mm-hmm. And so so at least until the next um, major release of Windows Phone your uh, investments in in XNA are safe, and you can continue to create games in XNA. Uh, and I think I've also found um, a statement from Sean Hargraves, who said that XNA remains the the recommended um, tooling to create games for for Xbox and Windows Phone mm-hmm. for for indie developers. So. Um, We'll see what the future brings, but I think the the panic that has the, that we have seen in the last months and weeks um, is is uh, 
exaggerated. It's it's not necessary to to turn away from XNA right and now. The yeah. Windows 8 kernel doesn't necessarily mean Metro either, right? Like they're not all the same thing, right? So even right. with the, the Windows 8 kernel into the phone, doesn't preclude anything. I think um, you know we're used to panic, so <laughs> we have lived through many periods of panic, and then it turned out, oh, yeah, it's no big deal, right? Yeah. Well, thank you, Peter Kuhn, for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thanks for having me. Keep on rocking, and we'll see you next time on the Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it means a lot. Just try.